Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. Nobody has to do it alone, and when you're starting up a business, finding a corporate partner can pay off. But how do you go about forming a strategic partnership? What red flags should you watch out for? What are the benefits of corp- corporate partnerships for business growth versus, say, venture capital? We're going to explore all that on the show today with our guests, Simon Yep and David Kosmeyer. Simon Yep is Vice President of Corporate Development and Partnerships at Canadian payments giant Moneris, where he oversees strategy, investments, M&A, and partnerships. Simon has over 19 years of experience as a strategic advisor and business leader accountable for developing new initiatives to drive growth in fintech, payments, loyalty, retail, and healthcare. David Kosmeyer is CEO and founder of Bookmark.com, a website builder that uses artificial intelligence to automate web design for businesses. David created his first company at 22, Marketing Extensions, and an online affiliate and marketing agency. He calls himself a multipreneur. Simon and David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Thanks, Rick. Same feeling as well. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Simon and David. Okay. To start off, we'd like to ask the, 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 the big scene-setting question. What are the most important things that you want entrepreneurs to take away from our conversation today? So maybe each of you can, can tell us a little bit about the, the key message you have for our entrepreneurs to make sure they know they're going to get their money's worth if they listen to us today. Sure, absolutely, Rick. Um, Dave, won't, won't I go first, and then you can build off of uh, my comments here, unless you have different comments, that is. So... Um, <laughs> So from my perspective, I would say, you know, as an entrepreneur, uh, you have multiple options for funding and corporate partnerships are a great one and an awesome one at that. I would say what is most vitally important is that the partnership between the corporation, such as Moneris, and the startup is founded on shared values and goals. Yes, I totally agree. Like any relationship, a partnership is work have the difficult conversations and find the areas where you can and can't compromise so you're on the same page honesty and transparency are paramount okay interesting can we go off script already on question two and just uh, set up what do you think of when you say corporate partnerships what does that what does that mean to you simon i mean for me in terms of what a corporate partnership looks like is that it's it's something more than an investment, right? In turn, in in any company we make, there there needs to be an alignment when it comes to product market fit. 
Uh, and there needs to be a shared value around growth and around what growth means to each organization. And beyond that, um, more importantly, it's cultural fit. Oftentimes, what I see is when there isn't in, when there isn't that cultural fit in terms of what the values and the DNA are within an organization, the partnership itself falls apart. So definitely, you know, when we test the waters with a startup, with a partner, we, we go pretty deep on understanding the founder's mentality, the team's mentality, what their aspirations are, their goals are, and whether there is cultural alignment between the organizations. Right. Can we go back just a little bit further? And maybe David, I'll throw this one at you. What is a corporate partnership mean to an entrepreneur? I mean, based, I, I just want to go a little bit further back in terms of, you know, this this type of alignment and why one might want to do that, whether one was in, you know, the, on either side of the partnership. Well, a corporate partnership, there's um, a lot less pressure as a VC will be mandating you hit growth numbers immediately. They may they may push you in a direction that you actually don't feel your company should go just to get the growth. And your company may suffer in the long term because you go in a direction that is not aligned with the partnership. So on a, on a flip side, with a partnership, you have a lot more support, you have more resources. There's a long-term view to where your business is heading, and there's a lot more patience on the other side of the on the other side of the table. Okay, that's, that sounds cool. So we're talking about two organizations that have some uh, common goals and interests and come together, build some trust, and create a, 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 a structured relationship uh, to help each of them achieve uh, their goals, I guess, separately and together. Is that a good way to describe it? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Before we get talking about the relationship that, 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 that's that been developed uh, between Moneris and Bookmark. David, can you tell us a little bit more about Bookmark and how it's using AI to change the way websites are built? Yeah, absolutely. Bookmark.com, just to go right from the top, is an accessible AI-powered web services platform that supports entrepreneurs in starting, building, and growing their business online. Using ADA, we term, term uh, the name ADA, is the Artificial Intelligence Design Assistant. Any business owner can get a personalized, fully functional website in a matter of minutes. No software and coding skills are necessary. So ADA creates the website. We understand where your customer is coming from. We understand what your business is, and we understand what is the priority of what you're looking for when you're coming online. So with these parameters and these attributes in mind, we create the most optimized website for you. And then with our artificial intelligence design assistant, we're monitoring your incoming traffic so we can see how your visitors are interacting with your websites to further give recommendations on how to increase the business goals, increase your conversion rate. And right now your conversion rate can be a phone call or an email submission or button clicks. So our AI machine learning on the back end will understand the behavior of your customer and give suggestions. And all you have to do is say yes and the suggestion will, will be put into place and then you're right away starting to improve the conversions for your, for your website. I just want to point out that, that, I mean, it's up to the entrepreneurs to create the content or the products that the, the website is displaying, right? I mean, they, 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 they have to have that strategy and, and have all that stuff filled out. And then you give them a platform that's presumably designed to optimize the content that they have. That's right. We, we offer hosting. We offer SSL certificate. We offer e-commerce shopping cart solution. And then we have Monero's checkout and fraud protection tools like Count and 3D Secure that are built right in to enable quick payments. And yes, when you build a website, the AI will not know what the content that is necessary to be placed on that website because it's very personal to each type of website. But we do have some content that is built into the website when we first build it. Those are images and those are different text that is individual to that business type. But usually a customer will add their own images and add their own content to be more personalized. And David, you're, you're too modest to point it out, but uh, bookmark.com does have a free level so someone can get started and try out the, the, the ADA tool uh, without making any uh, financial commitment and see if it's working for them. 
Yes, we do. And you can publish your website on a free free subdomain of bookmark.com. Very cool. All right. All right. Um, you've, Dave's already mentioned uh, Moneris. So, Simon, I guess this is where you come in. How did Moneris come to know about Bookmark and then uh, work towards a partnership with them? Eric, so so that that's actually um, it's a pretty interesting question there because um, I still recall you know the day when we reached out to Bookmark and um, you know my corp corporate development team, which is accountable for M and A investments, we're we're fairly proactive in market, especially in the Canadian market, in terms of hunting and and looking at opportunities within the Canadian market that we would love to invest in or partner with in terms of organizations. And I still remember to this day that Raj Chopra, who is the head of my corporate development team, he was in my own, he was the one that found Bookmark through a scan of the market for Canadian-based web builders. And we pinged David on LinkedIn. And we pinged him a couple of times and, and there was still no response <laughs> to the point where I was talking to Raj. I was like, dude, is, is he ignoring us? Like, what, what's going on here? Because we, we didn't know how else to reach him, right? And and we know he's active in market because when we go on his webpage, they, you know, Bookmark continues to update the content on their webpage. But finally, he got back to us and we kind, we kind of breathed a sigh of relief because through what we saw, we really loved what David was building in terms of a platform, in terms of an organization. And uh, we really wanted to see whether there was an opportunity for investment in a strategic partnership. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, you fast forward about, you know, a year and a half to today, the partnership's bearing fruit. Uh, and there's a lot more we can do together just in terms of joint sales, marketing and product development. But, you know, it's on to say we're super happy that he got back to us. And, and, and we're super happy at where we're at today with Bookmark and with David and the team. Can I ask, Simon, were, were, were you dangling dollar bills in front of him when you reached out to contact him? <laughs> we weren't dangling dollar bills. What we were dangling was, hey, you know, we're super interested in working with you. Um, and we think there's something bigger we can create together than, than what we can do alone on our own. And, um, you know, hopefully we thought that was a a big enough carrot, <laughs> at least to get the conversation going. And obviously after that, you know, the dollar values come into play, right? In terms of how much capital we're looking at injecting into bookmark and at what valuation and all that. Um, but, but you know, we, we got the hook in, in terms of getting him and David interested and bookmark interested and, you know, look at where we are at now. Right, fantastic. Can Simon, can you tell me a little bit more about what the opportunity is that, that you and Raj saw? In, in, what was the goal to build? So, I mean, the way we looked at this is that web builder, web building and web builders aren't new in market. Um, there are lots of them that are in market right now, especially in Canada where you have a, a, a gorilla or an elephant like Shopify who has done very well for themselves and that has taken an early lead in terms of market share. What we saw in David was something that was very different when it comes to web building. Uh, we were intrigued and excited by the ease of use of creating a website, especially for a small medium business and, on, and an entrepreneur that may not be well versed when it comes to coding, when it comes to building their own website. Um, it was a very easy to use platform. And then beyond that, when we looked at how David was building this, which is really using AI and you know artificial intelligence and machine learning to help optimize the platform of that merchant, we saw a difference maker. We saw a difference maker in this platform that we haven't seen in other platforms. And we know that as a payments player with the convergence of business solutions or commerce and payments, um, this is the partner that we want to hook ourselves up with to really drive growth on the e-com space for Moneris and for Bookmark. And uh, and and David, um, was Bookmark e-commerce has has always been part of the goal of Bookmark, hasn't it? To 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 try and not only help people help get small businesses set up online, but also to get them to start trading online, which most people will say is uh, pretty important. 
Yeah, just just to touch on uh, the earlier comments uh, that you were making, I, I apologize for not uh, responding back to Chopra right away. I was in the middle of fundraising at that time. I, I believe that we were in communication with 50 different types of VCs from Canada and New York, and we were in deep conversations. And then I finally got the LinkedIn message from Raja, and within a couple of weeks, I was... Uh, sold that Moneris was a very serious opportunity. I had other VCs that we were in fundraising talks with as a primary and a secondary, but I actually felt that the opportunity was so big with Moneris and the partnership that they were discussing with me was so opportunistic at this time for, for where we were at and, uh, and where we want to go that I signed a letter of intent and, and actually put a freeze on the VCs just so I could focus on Moneris at the time, because I, I really liked what they were telling me and what, how, they, how they thought of Bookmark and their greater plans. Right. As entrepreneurs, David, we can agree we, 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 we love VCs, but how good did it feel to put the freeze on them? Oh, man. There was, there was quite a lot of no's, and when you go through a lot of no's with the VCs, the way that they 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 tell you the no's, because they, they get a lot of pitches, so they, they don't really mind telling you in a, in a way that, you know, it could be discouraging, but you got to set aside those no's, and you just got to keep pushing forward, and and it was good. It was good to finally not have to worry about any more pitch pitches and then seeing if I can close this VC deal. Like we had a number of interested parties and we, it was, it was good feeling to put a little bit of a freeze on them. It's like, haha, I got you back. I don't really need your money. You know, I got somebody else who I think that is a better fit. Um, I guess the terms weren't disclosed from the deal, but basically it was good enough that it meant that you didn't need to, to raise money, the traditional route, the, the VC route. Yeah, when we were doing a, a full pitch, we were in Manhattan, we pitched in front of like 100 investors, and then we went from a taxi, drove from VC to VC to VC for like four straight days, like many, many meetings. We had a valuation in mind, and early in our talks with Moneris, I shared with them the valuation, and there were, you know, this is this is fair. We think that um, you're valuing your company at the right level, and, and they they were open to that valuation really quickly, so it was it felt good. Simon, can you tell me, is this the sort of thing that Moneris does often in terms of setting up a strategic partnership and investment in, in other companies? So, Rick, uh, I would say historically, no, it's not something that we have done often. That being said, um, we want to do more of it. And uh, Bookmark is one of those investments that we're super excited about. And here's how we're thinking about it. I mean, if you look at our position in the Canadian market, we are a large incumbent with scale, and uh, we have 20 years of experience in the Canadian market as a payments provider. We're, we're one of those big elephants in market, and we see the role we play as being a shepherd and a, a leader uh, when it comes to fintech. And we want to partner with more fintechs, right? We want to help the startup ecosystem here in Canada grow. And uh, we are definitely looking for more investments of this type in the Canadian market. And, you know, if you're an entrepreneur that plays in fintech, we would love to hear from you and, and see what you have to offer uh, within the realm of payments, within the realm of commerce, within the realm of loyalty and gift and all that fun stuff. That's a, that sounds terrific. I hope you do a lot more of these deals because I really think they're win-win. David, did you think of yourself as a fintech? At the time when you heard from Moneris? Actually, I did not think of myself as a fintech at the beginning. Um, but now, definitely, we're, we're moving into e-commerce. And we, we have an e-commerce uh, software already that we can set up your shopping cart. And it's set up right into Moneris. And that, that makes us an e-fintech. Uh, but from the traditional sense, we look at ourselves as a, a B2C, B2B, and definitely not on the fintech area. Right, right. What, what, what does the partnership look like right now? I mean, did, is, is Moneris an obvious player in the platform? Does it just provide uh, some of the, the, the payment systems underneath? No, no, no. Moneris is... Moneris is thinking very big. Um, they're, they're a company that is not like when you think of a traditional bank. Moneris is an aggressive company. They want to grow. Um, they, they want to partner. They want to invest in the future. 
and and bookmark is part of that future and and i like what they're doing i i like they just launched uh Moneris go which is the handheld devices i i like the future tech that they're bringing to the market and, and it makes me feel good that we're aligning with the right partner because it is sort of like a marriage with with um Moneris and bookmark and you know we we want to make sure that the person that we're getting married to is is as invested in the future as we are Simon, this might be a good time to bring up the fact that we've all we all know Moneris, but probably we don't really know what it is and does. Can you give us the quick thirty second update? Are are you really this icebreaker ramming through into e commerce and new payment technologies? I would say what we are is at the end of the day, we are a uh, innovative pay tech or fintech firm. Uh, are we ramming through into e commerce? We are very aggressive in terms of our aspirations with e-commerce. Uh, we are there to help merchants. We are there to help merchants of not only you know large types of merchants like the Canadian Tires and the IKEAs of the world, but we're also there to help small medium business, especially you know given the impact of COVID and all that, and the acceleration to e-commerce that COVID is driving. We want to bring to the table solutions that can help the mom and pop shops on Queen Street, on King Street, wherever you may be in the Canadian market to succeed and to grow in an e-com world. And, and that's why when we looked at what David and his team had to bring and we look at what we're doing on the payment side when it comes to e-commerce, we saw a perfect fit. We saw a solution that we can create together that is pretty compelling and that can definitely help small, medium business in the Canadian market succeed. And I think that's great. I mean, we all have a stake in Canadian companies becoming more uh, competitive. Uh, obviously, e-commerce can be a global opportunity for Canadian companies, as for companies from anywhere else. And we have to get better at it. We've all seen the statistics that, what, 60% or something of Canadian businesses aren't online yet. And I don't know how many of them aren't selling online who could be. David, have you, have, have you had any success at Bookmark in actually activating that marketplace and, and and dragging them into into the 21st century actually we we have um, we have a lot of success in that area we we're, we're working closely with Moneris's sales teams they're onboarding customers onto bookmark we're working with the sales team to understand what the customer is needing what the features that they would like us to, to continue to build and what we are missing so we're always listening to our customers and we definitely love we're, we're proud Canadians and we want to partner with different Canadian firms to to help Canadians get online, we've been in discussions with Digital Main Street. Digital Main Street is helping Main Street mom and pop shops get their butts online. And we are there partnered with Digital Main Street. They're onboarding customers in the Canadian market onto the bookmark platform. So we definitely are getting traction in the Canadian market from Moneris, from other from other partnerships that we have. And and we want to go global after that. We we definitely we want to help the Canadian market, but there's a big world out there. Right. So I'm I, I catch on slow, but eventually I do catch on. Um, so I guess one of the benefits of having Moneris as a partner is that they already know every, almost every single retailer in Canada. So Rick, just on that point and on David's point, I mean, if you look at Moneris, core to what we do right now is we are a payment processor. We provide terminals, we provide payment processing services to retailers, to restaurants, so that you can run your business and you can accept payments from customers that come to you. We service about around 340,000 merchants here in the Canadian market. A lot of them are face-to-face -face only. And we want to bring them into the digital realm because that is where the future is, is not to say that there will be no more face-to-face. Face-to-face -face will continue to survive. It will be, however, an omni-channel world. Um, as we move, you know, forward into 2021 and beyond. I, I, I hope you pick up on that great marketing idea from David, though. A great slogan, get your butts online. <laughs> <laughs> I love that slogan. 
And when I when I first heard this word omni-channel, I was a little bit confused on what it meant. So to to better explain it is like the traditional cash register is inside of a, a store, a mom and pop store. They have an inventory system, and then they have the the Moneris Go, which is a device that you can take payments if you're at a farmer's market and just tap tap the device and you're taking payments. And then their inventory that is sold there will sync with the the cash register, and then we will also have it syncing soon with the website. So that whole cycle is the omni-channel experience. That's great. I like how you've, you're starting to like finish each other's sentences like a married couple. That's very cool. It, it took me a while to understand when, when they kept mentioning omni-channel, omni-channel, and, and uh, eventually I got it. So I, I just wanted to make sure that everybody else understands it when Simon was referring to it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It does sound a bit like a supervillain, but no, it's, a, it's an essential <laughs> tool and is obviously the future. Um, just curious about the current pandemic that we're in. Has COVID um, stimulated the move towards businesses going online or has it held them back? In our sense, it's definitely stimulated because now everybody realizes that they get need to get online. We target the small and medium businesses. Um, they they are actually struggling. Some of them, they're some of these businesses, unfortunately, are going out of business right now because of COVID. Um, so we we've talked to many customers that are are on the opposite, where they they are moved away from the e-commerce because they their businesses are are not working. But then we've had a huge influx of customers that are like rushing to get online. So we've actually seen a bit of both. Yeah, Rick, I, on our end, it's the same thing. I mean, it's definitely provided a stimulus to going online, not only when it, in the restaurant space with online ordering, definitely with retail, we're starting to see a lot of our merchants wanting to go online, um, an area that they haven't explored in the past. And then with the with the, the charitable space as well, right? In terms of donations and all that, we're also starting to see a lot of our merchants wanting to, to get a sense of how they can start to accept donations online. And what are some of the platforms, you know, Moneris can bring to the table to help out in that space? Right. Um, so d does this add a little bit more urgency to your mission? Because obviously, you know, some people are, are struggling a lot. And this is a time when organizations, particularly small businesses, have to uh, in, embrace change of some sort and possibly even transformation if they're going to uh, survive the, the, the way customer patterns are changing. Uh, so so, so has, has that sort of sped up, your, increased your urgency or your sense of mission uh, going through this uh, pandemic? For Moneris, definitely it has increased our sense of urgency as an organization. It's, it's driven us as an organization culturally to work differently, to work more agile and to work with speed uh, versus the pace we've worked at before. It's not to say we didn't work fast before, but definitely even with the challenges that have been presented to us in terms of just working from home and all that uh, with COVID, we've learned to adapt and we've learned to adapt for the better and to work with more pace and to work with more agility. I think that's a wonderful takeaway for for our listeners as well. Um, you know, we all have to do that, right? We all have to work faster to understand how things are changing and what we can do about it. Sorry, David, I jumped in there just before you. Yeah, from the bookmark standpoint, like we we're just working hard to improve our product. We we're working hard to create the features that customers are asking for, and we are we're always hustling like this is this is the life that we live as a startup we we hustle and we build the features and we get the product to market so it hasn't really changed because we just got the partnership and investment at the beginning of this year we've been growing the team and now we are able to start to deliver much more quicker um but it's always been urgent to us that's beautiful. It's always been urgent to us. Let's go back to the early days of the partnership. What kind of a due diligence process is there? What should an entrepreneur expect to have to expose if they're going to get into a relationship like this with another organization? Yeah, so, Rick, I mean, when you look at, when Moneris looks at startups, um, especially, you know, in the early stages in the seed or Series A stage, um, we, we look to cover the following um, as an initial screen. 
one, you know, is there an idea? What's, how's the idea like? Is there a product market fit um, within the Canadian market? Two, is this potentially scalable? You know, is, is there potentially the opportunity to create ubiquity or to drive this towards the ubiquity of the idea? Three, is there a strategic fit? Is there a strategic fit with us, Moneros, as an organization? And then last but not least is probably the most important thing is the management team, right? And, and we look for a management team. We look for a founder that one has um, uh, had a track record of success as an entrepreneur. Two, um, that is a hustler, as David said. We love hustlers. We love people that can hustle, that bring to the table, that bring to the table an evangelist mindset for their company, and that has big aspirations and goals. And that is aggressive and assertive, uh, driving their team and driving their idea to something bigger than what they are now. And then after that, if they pass through all that, and uh, then we get on and we look at the investment, right? And as we go through the investment phase and we negotiate the deal with the uh, with the startup, we, we get into further diligence around finance, around you know the product strategy, around a bit on ops, uh, and and some legal due diligence as well. How early did you get in, Simon? Uh, in, in, in on the uh, in the in the lifespan of Bookmark, Dave, you want to answer that question first, and then I'll uh, yeah. reply. <laughs> yeah, so Bookmark, we bet we founded Bookmark in 2014, and I've self-funded Bookmark um, for the first three years, and then we got some angel investors in 2017, and we continued to build the technology because. Bookmark is competing against a lot of large companies, and we are obviously a small company, so we had to definitely focus on the technology. So I spent the first five years focusing on the technology and just just building it, kind of like that old saying, if you build it, they will come. That's what I was thinking. I'm just going to keep making this technology better and better, and then it's going to eventually get the right partner. And that's when Moneris came along. So we found it in 2014. Moneris came around in 2019. Yeah, so Rick, I, I would say, I mean, to David's point, we got in fairly early, right? It's, it's around, you can call this company a seed stage company. Um, we liked what we saw. And uh, though the company was just recently commercialized and started offering the product into market, we felt that with our know-how and our expertise in terms of scaling up an opportunity, we could help them out in terms of the strategic benefits we as an organization bring to the table. And uh, we want to test that thesis out or that hypothesis out in terms of what can Moneris and Bookmark do together to really scale up in the Canadian market and win in the Canadian market. So, so, so what it, what it interests me here is that uh, it sounds like Bookmark spent, you know, as as we often do, uh, you know, quite a few years, sort of still in the early stage. So, for Moneris, it wasn't so much in the track record and the revenue growth, but in the the the, the possibilities for the future. Is that right? Absolutely. It was more <clears throat> about the potential for the future, though. What we saw in Dave, it was more, it was also about Dave's track record as an entrepreneur. And, you know, this wasn't Dave's first run or go at being an entrepreneur. He has been a serial entrepreneur over his, his lifetime. And uh, we like that this wasn't his very first startup and that he's learned from his experiences, from his failures and from his successes in the past. Right. And we, we love those serial entrepreneurs that are continuing to be hungry and that continue to continue to drive for more and continue to want to to grow in any new any new uh, you could call it baby that that they're starting up from seed and wanting to take it to something bigger so i'm figuring that any listener here who really wants to attract uh corporate investment into their organization should just rewind like the last five minutes and just find out you know what the qualifications are and, and what the characteristics of the business are and the characteristics of the founders that, that that make them relevant because it's not so much track record if you have uh, like the track record of the business if you have a track record in business of, of success and of I guess commitment and stick to and potential yeah the team is quite important um, when I was in, in uh, getting the angel round back in 2017 I had one of the angel investors that he didn't even really want to listen to exactly what Bookmark's doing. He says, Dave, I believe in you. So I'm going to invest in you. 
So that that was the type of mentality that that some angel investors in the early days. It's, it, the team is very important, and then there's also other aspects. Um, you know, when you're when you're ready to get a corporate partnership, I can talk on on how that how that can go about if you want. Absolutely. Just before we get there, let me just ask uh, you one more question, David. Do you see a need? In future, to have another round, in essence, uh, would you be looking for more investment? And if so, would it be likely to come from traditional investment sources, or would you go back to Moneris first? Any idea? You know, um, we got this investment in January, and we have quite a, a, a good runway ahead of us. So we're not right now looking for investment. And since COVID hit, like we are being Stocked. Like people are contacting Bookmark and they're like, we like what you're doing. You're an amazing step one. And are you interested in, in, in investment? And we are just like, no, not right now. We're very happy. We have enough money at the time. But I mean, we're going to need more money. And then when we do need more money, Moneris is definitely who I'm going to be talking with. There's, there's really no reason to go elsewhere. For your part, Simon, would Moneris have any objection to having other investors coming in, particularly, you know, v, uh, VC funds or whatever? So I'll, I'll answer that question this way. One, which is, you know, as a um, first option, we would definitely, you know, love Dave to come to us first because we see there being a lot of great synergies and potential between the organization. Two, if he does attract other VCs, whether it's institutional or whether it's corporate VCs, um, I would also be very excited for him because all that means is it validates uh, our initial view as to what Bookmark brings to the table, what Dave brings to the table in terms of a leader, in terms of an entrepreneur. And it, it makes us feel really good that we were one of the first ones in to really help him scale and drive growth. I mean, in the end, we want to continue to see this partner succeed and we want to see us grow together as two organizations into one. Yeah, absolutely. If you were an entrepreneur starting to look for the possibility of a partnership with a corporation, David, what would be the way to start? I know that this sort of came to you, so so, so it's, it's a pretty ideal situation. But would it be possible, do you think, for an entrepreneur to say, you know what, Moneris or a mining company or a food production company or or, or – a fin or, 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 or a bank, they could really benefit from a uh, from, from a strategic partnership with me. We have so much in common, so much to give to each other. How would they go? How would someone like that go about trying to pursue a partnership? Do you think? Yeah, since I've discovered the the world of corporate partnership, because as I was uh, a younger entrepreneur, I thought the VC route was the only way. So I, I didn't even realize there's this world of corporate partnerships, but there's, I think that everybody should definitely explore it. Um, as I said earlier in the podcast, there's, there's a lot more patience. There's a lot more support. And Simon mentioned the shepherd, uh, the shepherd to help the, the startup further along in their business and in, 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 in to unite as one. It's, it's really a great thing to do. So you should definitely explore more corporate partnerships. But to get a corporate partnership, you definitely have to have your business plan ready and your financials organized and really easy to digest. Be prepared to answer questions that, you know, not just about the mechanics of your business and its place in the marketplace, but why and how your brand and management team will fit the potential partner's values. Um, I also feel like you should have your hiring plan ready. How are you planning on using the potential investment and, and how this will equate to revenue growth in the years ahead? Know your KPIs really well. Make sure that when you're presenting your KPIs and your growth forecast, you have a realistic value as you're scaling your growth. So just just be prepared. And, and there's a lot of questions that you're going to be asked. And, and every every question is a learning experience. And every every meeting is another learning experience. Yeah. You've both mentioned values now as an important part of the due diligence slash matchmaking process. Simon, what does that exactly mean? What kind of values do you share? So for us, I would say, you know, the values that are top of mind for us when we're looking at a company and when we're looking at a founding team or a 
management team is that um, we're looking for teams and founders that, one, are looking for a Canadian leadership position and wants to win in the Canadian market, uh, given that we are in Canada and we want to do the right thing for Canadian merchants. We see that as a shared value we're looking for. Two, you know, as I mentioned before, another value for us is hunger and hustle, right? Or, or trait, you could call it characteristic versus a value, right? We're, we're looking for entrepreneurs and startup founding teams that are hungry um, and, that, and that are aspired by what they do and that want to chase hard after it. Uh, three, um, I'll call it doing the right thing, right? Which is, you know, you 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 gotta you gotta stick to your character, you gotta stick to your brand, and you got you gotta stick to you know work ethic and ethics in general. We are a large payment processor in the Canadian market, and we always do do things the right way. Um, you know, adhering to regulation, adhering to compliance, and doing what's right for our merchants, and and taking a customer centric approach. So. That's the other thing. And the fourth thing, which is we want and we love organizations and startups that are customer centric in nature and that have a, a mode of operation and a value that focuses on the customer and cares about customer success. Right. Simon, we learned that as soon as uh, David landed to deal with Moneris, the, now the VCs are wanting to reach out and talk to him. Um, you have the deal with Bookmark. Do you find that that has brought other companies out to suggest that you do uh, partnerships with them? Yeah, so we we are starting, I would say, you know, since we've done the partnership and the investment with Bookmark, we have gotten a lot more inbound inquiries and interest into Moneris as a strategic partner and investor in their organization, especially within the Canadian payments, Canadian fintech space, and in uh, Canadian commerce. Uh, and we're, we're excited about it because, you know, historically as an organization, um, how we've driven deal flow, especially when it comes to startup, is through more outbound, right? We're, we've been fairly active in market in terms of just scanning the Canadian market for new opportunities. And um, we haven't gotten as much inbound uh, inquiries when it comes to investments. We get a lot of inbound when it comes to acquisition opportunities because we're one of the big merchant acquirers within North America. But we haven't been as well known in the fintech space, and this definitely has put us on the map when it comes to the fintech ecosystem and a player in that ecosystem when it comes to driving acceleration incubation of a startup like like Bookmark. I think we have to be re realistic about this. You know, I think the stats are that only one percent or something of of startups actually get um, uh, venture funding, and I'm sure that the ratio won't be that much different in terms of successful corporate partners. But this is a new area that, you know, high-performing entrepreneurs with, with, with good businesses should be looking at. Do you think, Simon, that um, other corporations are becoming any more open to partnerships like this? Do you see them asking you about, you know, asking Moneris about its experiences? Do they seem to be wanting to get more into uh partnerships like this? We haven't had any informal conversations with other what we'll call corporate venture uh, capitalists out there in the Canadian market. Um, though, you know, from the research I've done and what I've read, definitely when it comes to corporate venture capital, it is a growing segment of the market that is starting to rival the institutional venture capital piece of the market. Uh, I would say it's growing a lot faster in the U.S., versus in Canada. But that being said, there are a number of Canadian organizations like ourselves are large incumbents in their own segment and space that are interested in driving innovation through investments, right? And I mean, the way we look at it is different than a VC. We don't invest in thousands and thousands of companies hoping to hit a unicorn in a home run. We're fairly selective in, in who we invest in. We definitely look at strategic fit as being a priority and we place our bets on a select few that we think can help us win in market and us help them win in market. And that's our approach to the space. David, have, have, have you have you talked to any other entrepreneurs who you know want to know how to do this? Or do they, 
do you see more demand coming from the entrepreneur side to try and put together deals like yours? Yeah, I'm I'm in the the DMZ. Um, it's an accelerator program that's attached to the Ryerson, and and we've been in, in the DMZ for about a year. So I, I speak to a lot of different entrepreneurs, and and ever since that uh, we had this partnership with Moneris, I've had requests. Can you make an introduction? Can I can I get somebody that I can speak to at the Moneris level? And and there's there's definitely an opportunity to to make some introductions, and definitely on with depending on what the startup does. And you have to align, obviously, with, with um, what does your startup do? Will this fit potentially into Moneris? Or I'm not going to want to make an introduction. But definitely, there's, there's the corporate partnership world is, is, um, is somewhere where everybody should explore. And, and we got, we got uh, fortunate to, to have Moneris find, find Bookmark, and we're grateful for that. A uh, question for either of you. Are there any resources out there that you'd recommend for entrepreneurs to access or read up on in order to uh, intelligently pursue corporate investment? I haven't found any resources to <laughs> go after corporate investment. Every every resource that I've digested before we went into our fundraising round was all about VCs. So it, it was it was definitely something new that, that came across my my viewpoint that partnerships and, and corporate partnerships existed and everybody wants to tell you how to how to go after VCs. That's that's the main digestion that, that I've that I've noticed. Yeah. Rick, I mean just on David's point, I, I haven't come across or read anything. My my recommendation to any entrepreneur in any segment of the market is is just to get out there. Uh, attend the industry conferences that that entrepreneur thinks is relevant. Network like hell and do your research. Identify who some of the incumbent players are in the industries that are relevant to them. Go on LinkedIn or Google, it could be as simple as that, and do a search. See if that company has an innovation team, has a corporate venture capital team or a corporate development team, and then reach out. Reach out and, and see if you can get heard with them and, and see if you can get you know, 15, 30 minutes with them to discuss you know, what your company is about. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I know of a couple of uh, resources people might be able to look into. Communitech, the, the tech hub in Kitchener-Waterloo, Ontario, has a program where they bring big companies into their space to work alongside startups and look for specific synergies and, and not necessarily partnerships, but uh, not necessarily formal corporate partnerships, but any kind of partnership in terms of technology development, growth strategies, et cetera. And Highline Beta is a venture fund company that, that, that's also trying to work with big companies to help them work with small companies because the chemistry is very different. Obviously, the, the attitudes are very different, but the potential is, is huge. So a few places where people might look at, uh, because I think that we can agree that so many startups have some great ideas out there. As usual, they're under-resourced. They may not even know how important the the technology or the idea that they have might be, but we the need is greater, I think, than ever before for corporates and entrepreneurs to get together and explore these opportunities. Right. Yeah. I mean, I sorry. I I thought what you were getting at is like a book <laughs> type of a resource, but I don't think there is a book. Yeah, no, so that was the best I could do. Absolutely, yeah. there's no book. But if you're talking about organizations like those, absolutely, because. Moneris as an organization, we historically have either had a formal or informal relationship with DMZ, with Mars, with BDC Capital, with Communitech. And definitely, um, we have relationships with those accelerator programs or incubator programs. And that's how we, at times, get first line of sight into the startup ecosystem in the Canadian market. And you know, we definitely see those guys that I've mentioned as champions in the Canadian market. And historically, we've worked very closely with them to identify opportunities um, that might be relevant for us as an organization. Okay, this has been a, a, a great discussion because I think we really actually, you know, tried to really explore a new frontier in Canadian business with a lot of potential. Obviously, it's just starting out, um, but... I hope that it'll, this will encourage both uh, people in corporate Canada and in entrepreneurship to try and explore uh, mutual opportunities. As we fade to black here, um, wondering from each of you, and why don't we start with Simon and end with David, 
Can you give us one sort of single actionable piece of advice based on all everything we've talked about here today the, for our entrepreneurs, for our listeners that they could implement today in order to grow their businesses and, and, and tap bigger opportunities? I would say one piece of advice, and it's the one thing I always test any new entrepreneur on, is be very articulate and clear when you're reaching out to a corporate venture capital as to what you think the product market fit is with our organization, right? And how you see your platform succeeding and scaling up between what it is now and in two to three years time. Uh, We care a lot about the product market fit and we care a lot about how you think you're gonna grow this company. And we want you to come to to the table with a very practical view and with a very clear and concise view as to how you're gonna do that. Yeah, to echo to echo what Simon said, um, you need to have a clear strategy before you start seeking investors. Like you, you need to align with their values and just understand what areas do they invest in. If you're going to a VC and you go to the VC website, they'll clearly tell you this is the sectors we would like to invest in right now. So do your research to determine what business partners and venture firms are best suited to your business type and fundraising sound size. Some VCs, they don't want to do seed rounds. Some VCs are later stage. So plan your pitch accordingly. Your presentation is something that should continually be updated after each meeting. Learning from each meeting, success or not successful, is important. And then updating your presentation before you pitch again. Don't get discouraged by no's. Every no must be a learning experience and taken as such. I personally got quite a lot of no's which didn't phase me and you need to get the no's out of the way before you reach the s's and 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 (laughs) absolutely and and rick the other thing i would just add is if you're approaching a vc whether it's a corporate or or whether it's an institutional be clear on your ask don't dance around what you're looking for and what you want from us be clear ask it up front and in all honesty the worst we can say is no Right. But don't dance around it. And I've had a lot of startups dance around it and I couldn't figure out what they're looking for or what they want. Just go for it. Okay, Clarity. Yep. Clarity, as always, really matters. So that's some great advice there in terms of of, of really understanding what your value proposition is and being very articulate about explaining it. So thank you so much, Simon Yep of Moneris and David Kosmeyer of Bookmark.com for, you know, showing us this new landscape and what it can look like and helping us explore how other entrepreneurs can tap into it. I wish you uh, great luck and success with your partnership and we'll check up on you again sometime. Awesome. Thanks, Rick. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence. 